in our other service, to prepare our hearts. So just come right in. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, so today we want to give God thanks for his faithfulness, for his goodness to us as we invite him to do something special in our lives in this service this morning. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to be in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name to bring you glory and praise and honor, to proclaim your greatness, your majesty, your dominion, and the power all belongs to you, O oh God. And so this morning, we just bless your holy name. We thank you for the privilege to worship you freely and openly. Thank you, Lord God, that we have the privilege in this nation where we can come together without fear, without trepidation, to openly worship the name of Jesus and to glorify your name. Lord, refresh those that need to be refreshed today. Revive what needs to be revived, restore, renew, and rekindle. And may your name be exalted and may you be glorified. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen. Let's welcome the worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Am I in the right place? Am I in the right place at the right time? Can I get a wave offering? Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a bless the Lord? Can I get a thank you, Jesus? We want to give him the highest praise this morning because he's worthy to be lifted up. He's worthy to be adored. He's worthy to be exalted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Give him the highest praise, for he is worthy to be lifted up. Worthy, worthy, worthy. 
you why we praise the Lord? Do I need to do that? Do I need to remind you why we lift him up this morning? So I know there's more women than men. So I give the men a pass. But I should hear a bunch of altos and a bunch of sopranos in the house. Oh, 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 oh. It ain't even high. Come on. Praise. Oh.
everybody just get it one more time. Hallelujah, my soul sings. Oh, hallelujah, my soul sings.
thank you that no matter what the circumstances, just like the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So today, Lord, as we come before you right now, we ask you to breathe afresh upon us. Spirit of the living God, we need your fresh touch today, God. We pray for weary bodies. We pray for special strength. We pray that you will renew what needs to be renewed. Refresh what needs to be refreshed. Revive what needs to be revived. Rekindle what needs to be rekindled. And restore what needs to be restored. Great and awesome, God. Lest we forget thine agony. Lest we forget Gethsemane. Lest we forget that it was about us that you went to the cross. It wasn't for yourself. It was for us. So today, Lord, as we come before you now, we come before you as children needing your help. We acknowledge our inadequacies. We acknowledge our shortcomings. We acknowledge that we have failed you in many ways. We have fallen short, oh God. And we ask your forgiveness today. And we ask you to breathe afresh upon us today. We ask you to revive us again in the midst of the years. Revive us, oh God. Renew our faith. Oh God, restore our confidence. Restore our trust, oh God. We pray that nothing will, wave, will cause us to waver. Nothing will cause us to doubt. Because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change. You are the same God of compassion. The same God of mercy. The same God of a second chance. The same God who doesn't condemn, but oh God who comforts. We give you thanks this morning. We thank you for being you. We thank you for who you are. And because of who you are, we give you praise. Because of who you are, we give you glory. Because of who you are, we give you honor. We bless your holy name. Lord, have your way in the service today. We submit to you. We step aside and allow you to have full and complete control. Great and awesome God, we pray for our nation. We pray for the leaders and those in authority over us. Leaders, Lord God, at the national level, at the state level, and at the local level. We pray that you will give them wisdom to make wise decisions. To pass laws that are just and fair. That we may live peaceable and quiet lives. We pray that you would order their steps and direct their path. Great and awesome, God. Remember this nation, O oh God. We pray that many will come to know you as Lord and Savior. Many will recognize that without you, there is no hope. That you are the living hope. The resurrected Christ. The one who is the true and living one. The one who is the soon coming King. Great and mighty God. Hear, O oh Christ, this, this day. Have your way now. We pray for those watching us by the World Wide Web and those that are here today, God. Let no one leave the way they came, but let everyone at the end say it was good for us to have been here. We give you thanks and we give you praise. But we ask it in the name that is above every other name, in the name of which demons tremble, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. and amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Let's give a hand to the worship team. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. We want to take time out to welcome you this morning and glad that you are here. 
And uh, we are so thankful for each of you. And uh, before we extend welcome, we're going to uh, get some to some announcements. And uh, I'm going to let the uh, upstairs in our booth, I'm going to let them go with the breaking news. And then I'll come in and fill in with some of the other items as well. So we'll go at this time. I'm Janelle. And I'm Brett, coming to you live from LWOBC Studios with some more breaking news. The Women's Ministry will be having a pre-Mother's Day fun trip on Saturday, May 13th at 4 to 7 p.m. in the Original Sanctuary. Make sure you come out to join us women for an uplifting afternoon. Mothers, make sure you come out with your families on Sunday, May 14th for the 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Mother's Day service dedicated to you. You don't want to miss out on the special giveaway for all the mothers. Youth, it's that time of year again. Youth Camp! Yeah, that's right. Registration deposits for Youth Camp are due by May 30th. Youth Camp will be held from July 23rd to July 27th. It will be a very exciting year and will include many different activities such as basketball, swimming, campfires, and much more. So don't forget to sign your kids up for an amazing experience with God. Our annual Youth Extravaganza will be, drumroll please, Tonight! At 7 p.m. Tickets will be available outside after service for $5. This will be your last chance to get the pre-sale tickets. At the door, tickets will be $7. We will be accepting cash and card. Make sure you come out and support and bring a friend. By the way, food will be sold after the program, so make sure you bring a little bit more of that. She means money. <laughs> That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. And, and have, have a blessed day. day. Amen. All right, you've gotten the breaking news, and I just want to just reemphasize that uh, just tonight, the young people are having their special uh, talent extravaganza, and you don't want to miss out on that. Always a great time when the young people are in charge and doing things, and so, you know, they do things with a lot of vigor and vitality, and they make things spicy, so you want to be here this evening at 7 p.m. All right, we're going to take time out to recognize our first-time guests, but we also have in the service this morning, a new couple. Uh, they just did a very special thing yesterday. I'm surprised. I wouldn't expect them to normally to be in the service the next morning, but these are really dedicated people. And so we may have Dr. Julia James Suze and Mr. Delissa Suze. Then we'll let them give them a big hand. All right, come on, let's recognize them. Amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. And of course, they have their friend Heather with them, and I think that's a Sister, Su uh, Suzette, Suzette, Sister Suzette. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you all. They were a wonderful time together, and yesterday, and uh, another step in the right direction. And uh, so we pray God's blessing on that. But if you're here for the very first time, uh, we want to. Uh, we don't embarrass you. We want to recognize you. We want you to stand so we can give you a living word of Bible welcome. All first time guests, will you stand so we can put our hands and welcome you this morning? First time. All right, we have two up front. Let's welcome them. All right, and on the back also, praise God. Once you receive the welcome packet, you may be seated. And uh, if you'll open the packet, you'll find what is called a connection card. And in that card, you'll be able to complete the information so we can send you a thank you note for being here today. On the reverse side of the card, you have an opportunity to write a prayer request. We do believe in the power of prayer, and we've seen what God has done in answer to prayer and you can be able to drop that in the offering bucket 
when it passes by later this morning. All right. As we get ready, uh, we're going to, uh, we have a mind by the young, by warriors. And so they've been here at 8 o'clock service. So I don't want to keep them long, much longer. So put our hands together as warriors come. A little sampling of what you're going to see for this evening. Good morning, church. Wait, wait, wait. Good morning, church. Are you guys excited for tonight? Yes. Okay, so make sure you get your pre-sale ticket because today's the last service. You can't come at 630 and say, oh, let me get a pre-sale ticket. No, it will be $7. So get your tickets. Thank you. to be so broken, lost, empty, a heart with no beat, a singer with no song to sing, so I know the feeling, the silence is deafening, but in your pain lies a blessing so keep walking, 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 though it seems so far. No matter who you are, see there's one thing that I know. Life it can leave you so to me I know you're scared your heart's bleeding but what are you gonna do now I think it's time you break free and keep walking 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 though it seems so far no it doesn't really matter who
Amen. It gets better. You've got to believe it's going to get better. Amen. All right. A little sampling of this evening. You want to be here with the young people? Don't miss out on it. Get your tickets early as they said. Praise God. We're going to prepare our hearts to sit around the Lord's table at this time. I want to remind you that it is not living word open Bible's table. It is the table of the Lord. And as long as you're a child of God, you're welcome to share with us in Holy Communion as we just remember what he did for us over 2,000 years ago. And he went to Calvary for us. I want to read a passage of scripture written by the Apostle Paul to the church of Corinth. And Paul writes this way. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. I want to remind you of two things that Paul says 
He says, but let the man examine himself. And then he says, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Let's bow our heads and our hearts before the Lord and let's take a moment to examine ourselves and I'll ask the Holy Spirit to help us in that process of examination. Lord, as we examine ourselves, we find ourselves guilty. We have fallen short by the things we've said, by the thoughts we've had, by our attitudes and actions that we've taken. We ask your forgiveness, O oh God. You have promised in your word that if we confess our sins, you said you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this morning, we ask your forgiveness. We ask you to apply the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from every sin. Holy God, we do not want to cover over our sins, but we want to turn from them. Because your promise is to those that if we turn away from them, we will be blessed. So today, we acknowledge, we repent, and we turn away from our sinful ways. We ask you, Lord, as we sit at your table today, and we're reminded of the reason why we're doing so. That it was for the salvation of our souls. That our eternal souls will spend eternity with you in heaven. Because we have been born again. By accepting what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That in so doing he paid the price for our sins. It was not for himself. But it was for us that he died. We thank you. For what you did for us on the cross. We thank you for the new covenant that was written in your blood. We thank you for the relationship we now have with God. And the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. I'm going to ask Reverend Rampersat to ask God's blessing on the emblems. Father, help us today, O oh Lord, that we'll never forget your love for us, which was demonstrated on Calvary's cross. As the scripture says, for God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless the emblems that which represent your body, which was broken for us, and your blood, which was shed for us. Help us as we partake, O oh God, of these emblems that we'll do so in remembrance of you as we ask your blessing 
that there will be healing and restoration in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be served both of the emblems. You want to take both and then hold them. We'll take both and hold, and then we'll partake together. So as you serve, just take both, hold, and we'll partake together. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you Bearing all my sin and shame, in love you came and gave amazing grace. Oh, thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace. Worthy is the land. Seated on the throne. 
symbolic of his broken body. It has no leaven in it because leaven represents sin and he had no sin in him. It has holes to remind us that he was pierced for our transgression. And it is stripe because the word of God says by his stripes we are healed. This morning there's a lot of blessing that comes with the communion. And we receive from God only by faith. Not by feeling, but by faith. And the Bible says Jesus said to the man, According to your faith, be it unto you. So as we partake today, you need healing in your body. You need God to do something supernatural for you. Let's believe God. What he did in the cross, the work was finished. He paid it all. Let's eat it together. same man he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood the old covenant was not sufficient so God did a new covenant with the blood of Jesus and that new covenant covers everything that we would need once and for all sin was paid for past sins present sins and future sins Paid for by the blood of Jesus. Let's drink it in remembrance of what he did for us. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that shall never lose its power. For it reaches to the highest mountain. Yeah. 
Let's give the Lord a hand for the power of the blood. Hallelujah. May be seated in the house of the Lord. Praise God. There is power in the blood. Amen. Wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. Thank God for the power of the blood that cleanses and it reaches to the highest mountain and to the lowest valley. Doesn't matter where we are. We're ready to worship God with our giving. And the ushers are going to come by to receive the offering and the tithes and offering as we give unto God of his own, the word of God says. We give of his own. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And whatever we give belongs to him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Can ask Deacon Lee to ask God blessing and the givers and the gifts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that your word says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So, Father, we know that you own everything, Lord, and we're only managing what you've blessed us with, oh God. So, Father, as we take this time now, Lord, to worship you through giving, give back to you a portion of what you bless us with. Just ask that you bless the givers and the gifts, Lord, and use it for the furnace of your kingdom. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is good, and all the time, you should have in your, you should have a little handout in your program there, and you also have a flyer of the upcoming movie that is going to be shown on May 26th, 
It is 70 times 7. The producers of Another Friday have written another, they've done, they've done another movie, and so it's going to be here. Tickets are available at the welcome table outside or at a bookstore outside. You'll be able to pick up tickets for that as well on May 26th at 7, at 6.30 it says, but we probably will be just a little bit after that. I know it's a Friday evening, the challenges of getting here that time, I understand. All right. We've been doing 50 days of transformation. Last time we talked about 50 days of transforming your spiritual health. Today we're going to talk about something that we all need to focus on. And I'm going to be speaking a lot to myself. And I'm going to be saying a lot of ouches for sure. And with my wife sitting right up front for sure it's going to be that. Because I'm going to be talking about transforming your physical health. Hello. And we'll learn about that today. In an article by uh, Rebecca Maxson, she wrote about stress in the marketplace, a costly epidemic. And she says that four out, four out of every, uh, sorry, three out of every four Americans describe their work as being stressful. Do you relate to that? And the problem is not limited only to our shores. In fact, it says occupational stress has been defined as a global epidemic by the United Nations International Labor Organization. While the physical effects of this epidemic has been emphasized, the economic consequences is alarming. I'm not sure if you're aware, but U.S. employers report that stress costs $200 billion a year in our economy. That's what it costs us for. It costs us because of absenteeism, low productivity, staff turnover, workers' compensation, and all of those different things. We spend, it costs $200 billion a year. And so stress management, actually, may be business's most important challenge for the 21st century. Of course, this matter of what causes stress in our lives, we know that events such as marriage, actually, planning the marriage, you know about that. Divorce causes stress, buying a home. But according to the home's RAF Life event scale, which rates the levels of stress, it says occupational stress is the greatest. Workplace stress, firings, business adjustment, downsizing, financial status, altered responsibilities when you're transferred from one department to another. When you have trouble with the boss, variations in work hours. In fact, they tell us today that employees work today more than they did 25 years ago. Listen to this. You may be surprised to know that you are working the equivalent of a 13th month every year because of how much work you do now compared to 25 years ago. That's amazing. Why? Because you have staff downsized. And when the staff is downsized, does the work minimize? No, the work is the same. And sometimes work increases, right? And yet you have to pick up the slack. And so this is what is happening. And the physical effects of stress has been recognized long ago. From heart attack to strokes, ulcers, uh, gastrointestinal disorders. Continual stress takes a toll on the body's immune system. 
causing frequent colds and other illnesses. Psychologically, stress can lead to depression, anxiety, and even panic attacks. And here's an interesting one. It's been observed that the higher your stress level, it makes it more likely to spend unnecessary. You know, some people, when they get stressed, says, I'm going shopping. I'm too stressed, so I got to go to the mall. The interesting thing is that they go to the mall and they spend what they don't have. So guess what? When the bill comes, the financial stress gets and so the cycle continues. And so we are dealing with stress, which is a major issue. You know, uh, and the stress relief industry, by the way, is a big industry today. In the United States today, the stress relief industry is a $14 billion industry. Think about that. One, young, one lady, her name is Barb Overton, was paralyzed by stress. She could barely leave the house. Her marriage wasn't working. Her oldest daughter was ill and in and out of the hospital. And Barb had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Ailments, she says, were exacerbated by her dealing with the stresses in her life. Too sick to work, she had taken a leave of absence from her job as a nurse. In the midst of it, she saw a commercial on relaxation tapes. So she just picked up the phone and ordered a $300 tape. And when she was finished, the next morning she said, what did I do? And she had put herself into another financial situation which she couldn't manage. And so it is that we have to be very careful. Stress is causing a lot of issues in our lives. Stress at its core is simply a threat, real or perceived. Whenever your body feels threatened by something, emotional, physical, spiritual, or mental, stress responses take place in the body. Your blood pressure goes up, your pulse quickens, adrenaline shoots into your body, and all kinds of psychological effects occur. But stress has a good part. If you're standing on the road and a massive truck is coming at you, stress gives you the energy, a burst of energy to get out of the way. But that's a good aspect of, set, of, of stress. But the problem with stress is when it becomes chronic. Because with chronic stress, your body cannot shut down. That's, the main, that's a big problem. And so today we're going to look at that. And so you may be glad today if you walked in here stressed, we're going to hope you're going to walk out blessed. So you're going to learn about how to handle those stress. But before we look at those seven spiritual habits that will deal with stress. I want to look at seven things that are causing stress in our modern day society. Seven things that are our major factors of stress. And the number one cause of stress is worry. You know, we're a people who worry a lot. But you know something? We have a lot more to worry about today than my grandfather did. My grandfather never had identity theft to worry about. My, grand, my grandmother never had to worry about losing her cell phone. Today, we have all kinds of things that we have to worry about more than our, our parents and our grandparents. And so there's a lot more things to worry about, and we worry a lot. And worry is a big factor for stress. And Psalm 23 is going to help us to figure out how we deal with that. And then the second source of stress is hurry. Do you realize that we're always in a hurry? We're hurrying to get there. We want things done yesterday, and, and it has to be done immediately. And I find that sometimes 
you know, you know, if we turn on our phones and we are, if we start our computer, it, you know, computers used to take a long time years ago to really warm up and to really get going. Today they take seconds, and when they don't move fast enough, we said, what a slow computer this is. You know, we want everything to the instant, nanoseconds. We work in nanoseconds. We want a microwave type of society, and everything must be done quickly and in, in a hurry. You know, sometimes you're at a stoplight, and you think the light is taking so long. And if you time it, it's 25 seconds. It's not very long, or 20 seconds sometimes. And it seems, like, and it, it seems to you like so many minutes have passed. We want to make things hurry. What about time? Can you imagine? We're already in May of 2017. Time is going pretty fast. So there is, we worry as part of our stress. There is hurry. And then there are crowds. Crowds of causes. Did you realize back in 1800, only one city in the nation, in the world, had a population of over a million? And that was the city of London. Today, there are over 500 cities in the world that have population exceeding a million. And so everywhere you go, there's crowds everywhere. And people, crowds bring stress. When, I, when we moved to West Broward, there was only two lanes, one stoplight, and nowhere to shop. 23 years later, they have eight lanes. They have a lot of stoplights and umpteen places to shop. Can I tell you, traffic is heavy. And traffic causes what? Stress. Anybody travel, has to travel in traffic that causes stress? It's very stressful. And so we have that situation where crowds are creating stress. And 83% of Americans actually now live in the cities. Once there was an urban life, I mean, when there was a sorry, rural life, today it's more of an urban life, and we are finding that more people are living in the cities, and it's certainly causing a lot of stress. Now, here's an interesting one that you may not think that's very stressful. Multiple choices. You know, you may think that multiple choice is freeing, but really, multiple choice actually creates more stress. See, when I was a boy, when they asked me, would you like some ice cream, there was only ice cream. If I ask, a young, if I've asked some of these young kids in the church, would you like some ice cream, the first thing they ask me, Pastor, what flavor? You go to Baskin Robbins where there are 25 different flavors, and it may seem like it is nothing, but you've got to be trying to figure out which, do I want pistachio, do I want peach, do I want, what, what do I want? And choices can create stress for us. And we live in a society where there's so, much, so many choices today that it's, it's, believe it or not, it's a lot more stressful than we think. You go to Starbucks and there's a umpteen ways to get your coffee. Before there was only one way. You went to a store, I want a cup of coffee. There weren't a lot of ways to do it. Today, you want the decaf, you want the cert, you want a mocha, you want a, a, a mocha with two, 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 sprout, two sprouts, you want a mocha with four, you want, a, you know, all kinds of ways you want it. And everybody wants it different ways. And so we, it's a lot of stress. And then how about number five, a loss of privacy. You know, we have, there's no privacy today. Everything about you is basically public. There's a lot of information about all of us somewhere, and a lot of times it's on the internet. And when the things that we think we are, you know, we have a secret, no, oh no. Marketers are tracking us with everything that we do. Every time you and I go on a site, I go on to look at Bible Gateway, up pop Macy's around me all over. 
you go to do something else and Amazon is trying to tell me all the things I bought the last couple of times and some suggested items I can offer that you can get as well. And I mean, they're always tracking you. And so today they can tell you when you run out of toilet paper and how much you have been using. It's amazing what society is doing. Have you ever been on trying to buy an airline ticket and then you go from site to site and I've done that. And as I go back to the next one, the price keeps going up because they're realizing you're not finding enough a better price somewhere, so you keep coming back to the site, so they keep raising the price. They're watching you even as you are looking for a ticket. You're being tracked. And so there is really no privacy today, so it's causing stress. And then there's a spirit of lawlessness. On the road, people don't really care anymore. I don't know if you notice what is happening. I'm at a stoplight, the light is turned green, and nobody's moving. You know why? They're texting. And they don't care who's behind them. They don't care that you, they're holding you up. They got to do their texting first. And I saw another time where the traffic is moving. The man just suddenly slowed down in the traffic because he wants to, you know, he can't talk on his phone and drive so well. And so all of a sudden, he's got to slow down to hear what they're saying and to think about what they're saying. And he doesn't know that the traffic is moving and we got to swerve around him in order to avoid an accident. People are doing all kinds of stuff that creates stress. And then the seventh thing that we have is the fear of the future. The what ifs. What if I lose my job? What if I lose my health? What if this happens? And we have a lot of what ifs, and those cause us a lot of stress. But you know, God is a stress buster. And he has created and he gave us something that's going to help us to handle stress. It is called Psalm 23. We're gonna, it's on the overhead. Let's read it together after two. One, two. The Lord is my shepherd, so I have all I need. He makes me lay down in lush green meadows, and he leads me beside calm, quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We're going to talk about seven spiritual habits that reduces stress. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you care about every aspect of our lives. And you're concerned about our health. You said in your word in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So today, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us very clearly. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would speak through me and that we would hear your voice and respond and that it would may relieve the stresses in our lives, that we may live the kind of lives you want us to live, healthy, wholesome, and fruitful lives for your glory and for your honor. For this we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen. Now, Proverbs, listen to what Proverbs 14.30 says. It says it in this translation. Peace of mind makes the body healthy. 
Did you hear that? Peace of mind makes the body healthy. It's not only what you eat that affects you. It's also what eats you. So you got to be careful of what's eating you away. What is it that's going on in your mind? What's, it going, what's bothering you? What's troubling you? And so today in Psalm 23, we want to look at some of the habits that God has given us that's going to make things different. The first one in your handout, you can fill in the blank, that we're going to write is this. Look to God to meet all my needs. What does David says? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He says, there is no lack when you look to God. You know, a lot of people look to other people to supply their needs. Can I tell you, your spouse can never satisfy you fully. Your spouse can never satisfy you fully emotionally or any other way. Your, your relatives can't do that. Your boss can't do that. You are never going to be satisfied fully by other people. And other people cannot meet all your needs. But can I tell you who can meet all your needs? Because the Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 19, My God shall what? Supply what? All your needs according to His riches and glory. Not according to the government. Not according to what's happening to the economy. That's not what's relevant when we're talking about the kingdom of God. God says He is able to supply all our needs. And so you and I need to look to God. You never want to put your security in something you can lose. And I tell you something, the only thing you, you can lose your money, you can lose your reputation, you can lose your reputation, you can lose your mind, but you can never lose your relationship with God. And so it is that you need to make sure that you're connected with God. Some people put their security in their job and they lose their job and it's a problem. Now they're lost, what are they going to do? Some people put their security in their marriage. And what happens? There could be the spouse dies or there's divorce. And then to, there's a big challenge as to what's going to happen. Other people put their security in their money. And there are many ways you can lose money. I've known a lot of people that lost a lot of money. And then what happens to you when you put your security in money? As a pastor and friend, I recommend to you that you never put your security in anything you can lose. Paul, uh, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. How about Romans chapter 8? David tells us in Romans chapter 8, he says, Since God did not spare his own son for us, but gave him up for us, won't he surely give us everything else we need? That's the God we serve. And so if God loved us enough to send Jesus Christ to the cross, what is it that he won't be able to give us? That's why the Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow. He says, look at the, look at the, look at the sparrows. I take care of them. Look at the lilies and all they are. He says, aren't you more valuable than they? And yet we worry a lot. And we look to other people to meet our needs. We need to realize that no one can meet all our needs except God himself. So what's the first step in stress reduction? It is worship. It is I refocus my, my, my attention on God. I, I, I don't put my expectations in other people. But I say every time I am stressed... Here's what I say, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. You want to say that with me today? The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. So when you get stressed, you know how to say that aloud. So you can, you'll be calm, the Holy Spirit will help you to be calm to understand, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
You're not looking to people. You're looking to God of the universe. The one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. His resources are not running out. And so don't put your trust, the Bible says, in men. The Bible says some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. But we will depend on the name of the Lord our God. It is to God that you need to look to meet all your needs. And so that's the first step. And so David says in verse 2 of the psalm, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And then he says, He makes me to lie down in lush green meadows. That's the second thing. What's the second thing we need to do? I need to obey God's instruction about rest. I need to obey God's instruction about rest. You know, rest is very important to God. And, and God gave us the opportunity to rest. You know, God could have made that the body could be keep going forever. But you know, we, it is, the study tells us that we sleep about one-third of our lifetime. Now, that is a good thing, actually. It is not a bad thing. And so, because God recognizes the importance of rest. And so, God modeled rest for us. The Bible says, after he created, on the seventh day, what? God rested. It is important to rest. Rest is important. And even the earth, after seven years of harvest time, God says the earth needs to take a break. It needs to be rested for a year. Now, do you remember what we are made of? Earth. And so we need rest, brethren. We need to make sure we take the rest. And God is trying to encourage us to take rest. But here's what David says. He makes me to lie down. You know, you never want God to make you take rest. You want to take rest before God. Has God ever made anybody take rest? Oh, yes. If we don't take rest, he makes us take rest. He says, this body of mine, this body that you're using is my temple, and you're abusing it. So here's what. I'm going to nominate you and volunteer you for some rest. And when God nominates you and volunteers you for a rest, my friends, you got to take some rest. I don't want to wait for that point. Amen? I want to be able to learn to take rest before God picks me to the time to make me to lie down. So rest is important. And it's part of the Ten Commandments. Remember, it's part of the Big Ten. The seventh day, thou shalt keep it holy. But I want you to hear what Exodus says. In Exodus, it tells us in, in, verse, in chapter 34 and verse 21. Listen to this. It says, even during plowing and harvest time, Work only six days and rest on the seventh. So in other words, no matter how busy you get, no matter what time of the year it is, and it's because plowing or harvest time, God says, those are busy times. But he says you still need rest. You know, sometimes people feel guilty when they're resting. They think I'm wasting time. Relaxation is a waste of time. Really, we're not really wasting time. We need to be reju rejuvenated. Our bodies need to recuperate. And so rest is important. So, you know, and, and the Bible says you can pick any day you want as your Sabbath. In Colossians we are told, let a man determine in his own right which is the Sabbath day, which is your day of rest. Remember what Jesus said in, in the New Testament? He said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was made for us. God gave it to us so that we can get rest because our bodies need rest. Somebody told me about a man who said, 
Thank God for day to rest and night to sleep. Well, that's not quite the way God wants it. Um, that's a little bit too much. But at the same time, we do need rest. So I want to suggest to you, what am I supposed to do on my Sabbath? When I take a Sabbath, what am I supposed to do? When I'm supposed to rest physically. I need to rest my body. And the biblical basis to take in a good nap. Refocus my spirit on the Sabbath. And then also recharge my emotions. Those are necessary when we take the Sabbath and when we rest. You know, during the French Revolution, the French government canceled the Sabbath. And they made it a work day. Do you know what happened? In a few years after that, they had to reinstate the Sabbath. People were getting sick so much and so many were dying. They realized because the people were not getting enough rest. If you don't rest, your body is going to tell you. And so it is important. There's a, I heard about a guy who said to his pastor, Pastor, try to get you all day on Monday. The pastor said, I'm sorry, that's my day off. The man said, the devil never takes a day off. The pastor says, yeah, if I didn't, I'd be just like him. Well, you know, we got we to gotta take some time off as well. Because it's important to take the time to rest. And so God wants to meet all our needs, but he also wants to be the one that makes us to lie down in lush gardens. And so it is important that we what? Make time for what? Rest. And then the third thing that we see in the psalm is that, is that we must recharge my soul with beauty. Did, what, you know, you know, did you know that what, what the psalmist says? He says, he made me to lie down in what? Lush green meadows. Did you know that beauty is, is inspiring? That beauty, uh, it, it encourages, it motivates. It is important. Beauty. God didn't make a drab world. You see the beautiful flowers? If you've ever taken a boat out into the ocean, a glass bottom boat, and looked below, what beauty is down there? It's amazing. God is a God of beauty. They tell us about the Alaskan, if you take an Alaskan cruise and look at the, the glaciers and look at the, you know, all that is there, the beauty of, they tell you, how beautiful it is. There are some great, beautiful mountains in, in, this own, in this country as well. Beautiful places. God is a God of beauty. He could have made it like the moon, dusty and just a moonscape. But God didn't do that. He created beauty because beauty inspires us. And beauty, you, when you have beauty around you, you can relax. That I was telling that, that we, we were just in our conference room and, and some of the fellows came in here with some of the things and they look at the wall. And we have one wall full with an ocean scene. It's just a beautiful ocean with water and somebody on the boat and birds flying in the air. And there's an empty boat ready to take me out into the ocean in imagination, you know. And so I can relax when you have beauty around you. Beauty is important. He says he t makes me to lie down in lush Green pastures. When you see something beautiful, think about, look at that scene. It's sort of common, isn't it? Then you think about the beauty of that. That's God's beauty, isn't he? Just to look out. Can you imagine taking a look at that and just drinking that in? If you like nature, that is. Hopefully you do. But that's beautiful. And then I'm going to take you to a place that I am from. That's beautiful, refreshing, nice place that you'd love to be right now. For those of you who don't know, that's Duns River Falls. 
one of the world famous places. And, uh, you know, that's just, that water just coming down is so refreshing. And uh, I know you'd like to be there right now. But it's, it's when you have beauty, God created beauty so that you could unwind and relieve your distress. So, you know, they suggest, they suggest you surround yourself with beautiful arts and stuff like that, you know, paintings and pictures. And if you want to get your spirits up, surround yourself with beauty. Uh, you know, beauty really changes your mood and it makes you a different person. And that's why the Bible says God's, sometimes, you know, you're working. Where did God make man and put him into a what? A garden. God put us in a garden. Where do we live? In skyscrapers. Concrete jungles. That's why you need to what? Go outside sometimes. You need to get outside from your job. Get up out of your desk. Go outside and just look at God's beauty. See some green. You know, when you travel someplace and all you see is just concrete, 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 concrete. That's why I like Florida, you know. I'm sorry for those of you from up north. Chicago, you live in, a, you know, downtown Manhattan. If you think of downtown Manhattan, the first thing you think of is stress. You're just stressful thinking of it. But if you look outside of the beauty and just walk around this property with all the lush plants and the, and the different places, it's quiet and you see the birds and you hear the birds chirping. Or, you know, it's just an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing to sit on your patio and to hear the birds chirping in the back and it's just a quiet, calm, beautiful place. There is something about beauty that God has inspired that makes us different. It relieves the stress in us. So I want to say to you, surround yourself with some beauty or find some place where you can enjoy the beauty of God's creation. Intentionally put beauty around you. It will recharge you. It will remove your stress. And then the fourth thing that God tells us about to relieve our stress is this. It says, go to God for guidance. What does, what does David says? He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. He guides me. God is the one we need to look to for your guidance. Don't go to the paper and pull up the horoscope and trying to find, well, I'm an Arian. What does it say about me today? No, 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 no. The Bible has direction. God has the way to guide us. Here's what the Bible says. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge me and I shall direct your path. God has the answer. He's the one to guide us. And I know that there are people here today that need guidance. You need direction from God. You're into something and you know you need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to be guided by the Spirit of God. And He will guide you as you will seek to Him. James tells us, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives freely. And God doesn't condemn you when you ask. It doesn't matter how many times. Some people think, but if I go to God so often, will he, can I go to God very often? Is he, he's not going to get tired of me. God will never get tired of you. He always welcomes you. No matter how often you go to him, he welcomes you. Isn't that wonderful? That's the beauty about the God we serve. And so this morning I want to suggest to you that you, need, you and I need to ask God for wisdom to guide us, to direct us. Because sometimes when you're in the indecision, it causes stress. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure what should I do this or should I do that? Should I go move? Should I make this move or shouldn't I make this move? Should I buy this house or shouldn't I buy this house? Should I change my job or shouldn't I change the job? What should I do? And you get all sorts of different things. And we hear stories upon stories of people 
who this young, this, this, this lady was a writer and she was expecting a freelance job and it wasn't coming through. And so what she did was she sort of, you know, wanted to act before the time and didn't want to wait on God. And so there was, they, they offered her a, a job that was permanent and uh, consistent. And, you know, she decided, you know what, I'm just going to wait on God. And she says, because God promised me this freelance job. And so she waited. And just a couple weeks, once she made up her mind and she turned down the permanent job, there comes the freelance job she's been looking for. And guess what? It turned out it was a better job and it paid more than even the permanent job. You sometimes you, get, you just got to wait on God. You need guidance because we make so many mistakes when we make decisions of our own. We've blown it so many times. We need God to guide us. And David says, he guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. I want you to hear this story about uh, a young lady and her a woman and her daughter. She said, my daughter Ali and I were trying to squeeze in a three-mile walk before the nightfall. So we picked up the pace. As we hurried down the last hill at Otis Golf Course in Bedford, Indiana, the sun dropped below the horizon and it grew immediately darker. Then out in front of us, something crossed the road. I was just about to ask Ali what it was since she was a bit in front of me. But before I could speak, she said, look, a kitty. It looks like Marmar. Marmar was their own little cat. When Ali ran after the kitty, which was now nestled in some tall grass on the side of the road, Ali was just about to reach down and pet the kitty when we both realized it wasn't a kitty at all. It was a skunk. Ali retreated in time to avoid the wrath of the scared skunk, and we finished our jog in a full sprint. Though the skunk did resemble Marmar, we discovered an important lesson. Things are not always as they appear. So many times in life, she says, I've acted impulsively and what I thought looked good, only to have it turn out just the opposite. I ran toward it with great enthusiasm and expectation, only to find that I'm, I end up perturbed and having an issue that I have to deal with. It's just how many of us are wired, she says. If you're like me, you often leap before you look, proceed before you pray, say yes before you're sure. But here's the good news, she says. God created us, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. He has made provisions for us, for those of us who chase other kitties that turn out to be skunks. He watches over us. Every time I've leapt before I really looked, he has been there. He always knows where I am, and he always put me right back on track. She says, I like Psalm one, what, what Psalm 139 says. Lord, you have examined me, and you know all about me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You know my thoughts before I think them. You know where I go and where I lie down. You know everything I do. She said, that's comforting to me, and it should be reassuring to you too. It's another way of saying, don't worry. Even if you step out in the wrong direction, he knows where to find you. And even if you go one direction and walk through what seemed to be a good door, but it wasn't a God's door, he will help to restore you into the right path. But you got to ask him. 
You got to come to God and say, Lord, I need your guidance. This morning, the psalmist reminds us, he guides us in the right path for his name's sake. Are you needing to reduce your stress? It starts with recognizing that only God can meet all your needs. And then it flows into realizing that the way to relieve our stress is to really focus our attention on God, to worship Him. To, to think about who he is and to realize, and we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Because like the songwriter says, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. So today, I want to suggest to you, my friends, that God is a stress buster. And he will take us from being stressed to being blessed. And David has given us some guidance. He's given us some instructions. He's taught us. And he says, God will lead you into pathways that are right. He will guide us. Maybe somebody today, you probably are stressed out by a decision you have to make. And you need God to lead you and to guide you in the right path. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing this chorus. God will make a way. When there seemed to be no way, I want you to know today that he will make a way. I'll finish this message up next week for those that blanks that we haven't filled in at this time. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. God will make a way. God will make a way. Where there seems to be no way, He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to His side with love and strength. But before we do, maybe somebody today, if you need God to make a way for you, you need God to give you direction, you need guidance, just raise your hand and as we sing it, let him see that hand. We're going to be praying for you, asking God, because he knows your situation. He knows what you're going through right now. He knows your circumstances. He knows exactly what you need direction about. And I want you to know, he will make a way. And you can depend on God. You can trust God to make a way for you. So as we sing it, let it be a prayer of yours. And be confident that God will do it. It may not be in your time. But he'll do it in his timing that is right. And he's never wrong. And he's never late. He's always on time. And he'll make a way. 
God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to His side. With love and strength, Father, we thank you that you're a way maker. Lord, you see those hands that are raised right now signifying that they need you to make a way for them, God. You know the circumstances in each life. You know the situation each one faces. You know that they need your guidance, your direction. They want to make the right decision. Lord, we've blown it so many times. We've, so many times we've decided on our own. And it's not been what we thought it would have been. And, it didn't turn out the way we expected, oh God. So today we realize that you are omniscient, the all-knowing God. And you're not only omniscient, but you're omni omnipotent. You are all-powerful. So we look to you, God, that you will make a way. And like David was promised, that he leads us into the right paths for your name's sake, oh God. We ask you as we acknowledge you, in all our ways that you will direct our path today. We lean not on our own understanding, but we trust you, Father. So we commit ourselves to you today, and we ask that you order our steps and direct our path. We look to you for wisdom. We ask you for wisdom to make the right decisions. Great and awesome, God. We know that you have promised in your word that if we ask of you, you will give to us. So today, we ask of you, Lord. We ask you to minister to each and every individual in this place today. Let no one leave the way they came. But we pray that as we leave this place today, we would look to you for all our needs. We would recognize that you are the source. You are the one that we look to. Not other people, not our jobs, not our bosses, not our relatives, not our friends. Or you are the one who supply all our needs. And so, Father, we come to you today. We recognize that you've created beauty to help us because beauty inspires us and, and gives us and encourages us and lifts our spirits and causes us, Lord, to relieve our stress. And we thank you for the, all that you're doing for us because you want our temple to be healthy. So, Lord, we make a decision to find rest, to make rest a priority on those days when we have designated as those times that we'll make for the Sabbath. We pray that we would be able to truly take those times of rest. So we thank you for the instructions you've given us in your word today. We ask you to go with us now as we go before you, that you may go before us and fly the snares and the traps of the enemy. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. 
Amen. As you go, first time guests, we want you, Sister Ruth is at the back. We're going to invite you to our hospitality suite. Those that invited you, we're going to encourage you to escort them. So we're going to let you leave first. As our first time guest, you'll see Sister Ruth right there, the beautiful young lady back there. She'll, she'll escort your hospitality suite where you'll be refreshed before you leave today. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to His side. Love and strength Thank you.